Hello and You're welcome good. to the New Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hodgson, and today I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO of Giga, the founder of G, Mr. Klaus Pearson. How are you doing, Klaus? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I am doing well and delighted to have you on the show. I'd like to begin by asking a little bit about Giga and G. For those people who don't, are not already aware of the companies and the services that they offer, could you give us a little bit of background? Oh, yeah. Um, I can start off with Giga. Uh, Giga is a uh, gig working platform, which is um, basically a... Um, cloud-based self-service umbrella company mm. where any gig worker could <clears throat> actually benefit from working under our umbrella where we do uh, or we actually uh, providing scheduling, staff pooling, payroll, invoicing and all the transaction-based stuff yeah. uh, as a self-service uh, cloud-based uh, platform. And <clears throat> With that said, we have a very high automation. So um, it's very scalable. Mm. And of course, since it is, we have the opportunity to actually uh, provide the services very effective and cheap to our clients. Yeah. We are also, as I understand it, the first uh, European publicly listed uh, gig platform. Right. And how is that? Because that's kind of uh, a sign of maturity, a sign that uh, this is taking things seriously here for the long term and uh, creating extra levels of, uh, uh, of seriousness and credibility within this fast moving sector. Yeah, I think it's very important to provide that kind of, of uh, credibility. And um, because honestly, there are a lot of crooks out there. There are okay. lots of people who are using other per people. Um, they might be very tough with negotiation. They underpay people and such. And uh, being publicly listed is, is a very good way of having everyone's eyes on you because you have to be super transparent. Yes. Yeah. Another way of being very, very, um, well, to, to follow the rules and, and, <laughs> uh, and, and being a part of the good guys is actually by joining platforms for a token, because yep. then yep. you have the code of conduct that you have to follow. Yep. And yep. you know that, that's also a way of, of being transparent and also tell the world that, hey, we're playing by the rules. We're doing the taxes. We, we care for our gig workers and such. Mm. And I think this is an important point because the, the platform economy, gig economy has been uh, painted in very black tones over the past few years. Um, some of it may be justified by the platform economy 1.0 and some of the mistakes and missteps that have been made uh, there. So uh, it's great that you underline this and the importance of, uh, of having this uh, code of conduct and actually doing things properly. And the fact that there are people who want to play by the rules, pay the taxes, follow uh, rules and take responsibility within the sector. Yeah, but, but, you know, the only way to be sustainable is actually to play by the rules and, and, mm. and take care of your clients, customers, and, and gig workers. And we are trying our very best. I mean, we are providing um, extra pension savings. Uh, we uh, 
providing the debt collection for free because that is also a tricky part for a gig worker. You're having one client and now you're going to call that one and say, hey, you haven't paid on time, mm. which might compromise the relationship. No, yes. we do it. We do it for free because that, yeah. that's one of the hustles, the way to, well, how to get paid because yeah. 71% of the gig workers are actually living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important that these services are provided uh, and also that people understand the fact that uh, it's not so simple. You you do need to be able to sort of pay your way. And it's, you know, you can't be waiting 30, 60, 90 days extra for a bill to be paid. You know, there's someone else waiting at the other end of the line, which is uh, uh, which is really important. And of course, gig workers and platform workers, they want to focus on what they're best at. They want someone else to take uh, uh, care of the complicated, uh, time-consuming and burdensome activities behind this. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, look, if you're skilled in your professions uh, or in your profession or professions, then of course you would like to sell your hours. Yeah. You don't want to spend yeah. hours on doing things that's not your profession or yes. uh, well, a little bit like myself. I'm not a very good administrator. Uh, so why should I focus on doing that when there are people that are super good doing it? <laughs> and within our platform, it's very simple. I mean, you don't have to spend any time doing yeah. that because it's yeah. fully automized. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And what kind of uh, people are using the giga services is there a specific sector or a specific type of person or is it is it more broad than that well the type of person is a gigger <laughs> apart from that there, there is nothing i mean we have everything from this wonderful full lady who's making the crosswords for all the churches in sweden wow okay yeah and she invoices them through us and, and yeah and that's it's fun to follow uh, but we also have the gardeners the it yeah. consultants yeah. Um, yeah. so i would say that we are pretty broad which is a very good thing because mm. if you're you are not that vulnerable if you don't focus on one area yes yeah imagine yeah. if we only had musicians during the pandemic now it would have been a right. horrible thing yeah yeah, so you need to be broad and can also bring the the benefits and the knowledge and the learnings from different sectors, which of course can be applied to other sectors as well, which is probably one of your strengths. Yeah, the cross-referencing things. And I mean, there is there is a reason for us growing 89% during the pandemic where all the other ones were, were losing ground, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah. And you put that down to sort of the success of being able to offer a service uh, as well as a certain stickiness as well with your uh, with your customers and clients. That's right. That's right. And so it's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice journey. And uh, as I said, you have to care for the gig workers because it is the new normal to become yes. a gig worker. Yeah. As the world is optimizing everything else, of course, work is going to be optimized as well. I mean, look, if I'm, if, if I'm doing emerging acquisitions, I will probably need a... a a specialist helping me with that. Yeah. But do I yeah. want to hire this guy for the rest of his life? No. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No. You need to keep the the balance right. And it's it's interesting you 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 say this class because you've talked a little bit about sort of the gig workers, but also the companies and organisations as well. How important is it for them to have a gig strategy to be able to uh, integrate? freelancers, uh, gig workers, platform workers into their businesses and their business models? Well, I think that's a part of future-proofing your business. 
because as everyone learned during the pandemic, uh, having a big staff is not really the nicest thing when a pandemic hit. You have to yes. be able to upsize or downsize as you go. And I would say even, I mean, if you take the uh, H&M, the clo mm. clothing stores and everything, why on earth would you have permanently 14 people working in a store when all of a sudden it's sunny and 28 degrees outside? Everyone's at the beach. <laughs> yes. Every customer is at the beach. I need four people. You must be able to, to actually yeah. staff as you go. Yeah. And that's what I'm calling future-proofing your business. Hmm. I mean, we are not back in the industrial days or, or when, when uh, you actually took your, your employees into your balance sheet. Right. We're not there anymore. It's a liability. Hmm. Yeah. It's not an asset in, in, in the same way anymore. Hmm. Yeah, so so future-proofing yeah, future your business is actually, um, that is taking uh, or adopting some kind of gig strategy. Yeah. I believe so. And it's it, it's it, it's a benefit in terms of increasing efficiencies, but surely also for gig and platform workers, they can focus on the things they're good at. They can actually give the impact. They can actually provide the services when and and where it's needed, but also work for several employers as well, so that this keeps you fresh, that keeps you up to date, uh, uh, and at the cutting edge, so that your your skills, knowledge, and expertise are valuable to to the marketplace. Yeah, definitely. But also the, the, the young people of today, they're not like when I grow up. I mean, I'm old and fat and 50 years old nowadays. And when I grow up or when I started to work, when you were looking at someone's CV, if, if you haven't spent three years with the company, you were considered being one, well, not too uh, loyal okay. employee. Yeah. And nowadays, I talked to my son, he's 22 years old. He got... Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, he uh, was a substitute in a Nike store yep. and they offered him a full-time job. And I said, okay, so did you accept? And he said, well, kind of. What do you mean, kind of? <laughs> no, I told him I can work half-time. And I said, why did, you, why did you tell your boss that? No, because it covered my bills. And then I told him, do you think it's my dream to sell bloody sneakers here for the rest of my life? I want to spend the rest of the 50% finding out what I really want to do. Yeah, got it. And, and that is a, a significant change, isn't it, in the mm. in the attitude with, with the young people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the the whole idea of future of work, uh, career progression is kind of turned on its head, basically. Oh yeah, you yep. should be happy if you can keep someone uh, a full year nowadays. Yeah. And, and so the, the whole idea of the nine to five structure, as well as you give away sort of 30, 40 years of your life and you'll get a gold watch at the end of it, is, is, is basically something that's consigned to history. Well, it feels like that. Like Dolly Parton, nine to five. She's also history, isn't she? <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I think it's it, it is probably a good step as well, class, because, you know, we see the uh, the statistics, even from here in Sweden, uh, the number of people who either uh, dislike or absolutely hate their th their job. And this was even before the, the pandemic was over 60 percent. So there's obviously individuals as well as corporations uh, uh, wanting more flexibility and a new way of doing things. So it seems like we're, uh, we're, we're, we're knocking on a, an open door. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and the interesting thing is this, you're talking about the 60% of the workers that don't want to work like that. Okay, take a look at the, the employees or employers, sorry. 
which actually um, 71% of the Swedish companies, they would like to uh, assign someone. They don't want to hire them permanently. Yes. So if, yeah. if 70% would like to do that and 60% mm. of the people don't want to have a full-time fixed job, yeah. well, why are some peddling the other way right now? <laughs> and with some, I'm, uh, I'm talking about, for instance, unions. Yes. They must find... They must find a more flexible way of, because I, I do appreciate the work. I know what they're doing. I understand that they try to protect the worker and everything. Right. But I think they have to find new ways of doing it because it doesn't mm. work anymore. Yeah. As an example, I mean, if you look at the, the thing called Arkasa here yes. in Sweden, yeah. when you get yeah. the, the unemployment pay, yeah. I asked one union uh, this question when I was talking to them, like, okay, so you would like to protect the, the worker, right? And... And if you look at the Arkasa phenomenon, how do you calculate that? Is it how many days you've been home or, or unemployed and how many hours a day you normally work, right? Mm. Yes, that's right. All yeah. right. Well, then you're not future-proof, my friend, because if you take one of the most common gig workers, which is translators, they are paid right. by the word. <laughs> they are paid by the word. So now yeah. try to fit them in. Exactly how many words do they do in one hour, one day, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's a different approach, and and I'm really interested in what you said about the 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 influence of the pandemic because you know as you said from your from your statistics there, uh, you're doing very well. The company uh, Giga is doing fantastically in these times. So you've obviously hit on something as we uh, go through this pandemic. Hopefully, come out of it, and uh, of course, the world of work is not going back to what it was before. Uh, we need to be able to bring in bring online these new processes, a new way of doing things very quickly. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's not just the companies that uh, learned a little bit of a lesson. Imagine this, if I'm working as a hotel receptionist, yeah, then I am a hotel receptionist, right? Yep. But when I got fired because they shut down all the hotels, I had to start to look at my skills. Yes. And as a gig worker, you can sell skill by skill. I might have a, a, a driver's license for, for, for a truck. Now yep. I can be a truck driver one day, mm. but I can also be a janitor at the school another day because I have that kind of, of, of skills as well. So yeah. as a yeah. gig worker, you can sell your skills, not your job title. That's and a great I think point. That, yeah, I think that brings some mm. kind of um, um, awakening there that don't be afraid of selling your skills. Mm. It's actually mm. safer than just having a job title. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing because, you know, the, 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 the world of work is changing, but also uh, the disruption within the world of work as well. So whole sectors which are becoming obsolete, not just by automation, but by changing tastes and preferences. So future proofing yourself as well by focusing on your skills as opposed to uh, the job title sounds like a very good strategy as well, Klaus. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and sometimes I'm not. I'm not going to be too much of a uh, philosophical guy here. Please I'm do. Not. This is the place for it. Go on. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know what the gig economy? When you are selling your skills, is actually uh, challenging the gig worker more to deliver to keep their skills updated than mm. a regular full-time fixed income worker. Right. Because 
if you in Sweden are that, you're impossible to fire. You could just, you know, slide around being <laughs> kind of good at what you're doing. Yeah. As long as you are kind of good at what you're doing, well, then everyone's happy. But yeah. as a gig worker, you have to be really good mm. because otherwise you will not get another assignment. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It, puts, it, shines, it, puts, it shines the light on you in, in another way where mm. you have to be even better yeah. than the fixed income worker. Yeah. And with that said, I um, well, well, the whole debate and the whole discussion regarding gig workers, I would say like this. If you're a gig worker and you are keeping your skills up to date and, and you're practicing and you're, you're good at what you're doing, you have nothing to fear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same thing with an athlete. If you yeah. are a, a long distance runner, of course you have to practice. You have to out there yeah. and run. Yeah. You cannot sit around like me with a big belly and just, you know, believe that you're going to win the first prize without practicing right. and training, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's it. And I think that this whole idea of being uh, uh, hungry, actually investing in yourself to stay current and uh, uh, at the top of your game is a huge thing, but also hugely attractive for organizations, potential employers of your skills uh, uh, and services. Yeah, definitely. And even though, with that said, we have to create an ecosystem around the gig workers to protect them as well. Yep. Because I'm not throwing them at the Lions and say, hey, now you better be the fastest runner. No, yes. no, no. <laughs> we have to um, create, and that's why I, why I founded G, the, yep. uh, the gig bank. It is to provide an ecosystem where the gig worker, not just working for his paycheck, he could also afford to get a loan to educate themselves or, or feel that they can save for the pension or would develop themselves in another way, not just yeah. chasing the next paycheck. Mm. And that is, I think that is super important for, for future-proofing the gig work as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good, that's a really good point to be able to, to, to underline this. And I'm interested in what you say there as well, because what are the, what are the things that we seem to see are there, there are barriers, uh, mental barriers in terms of uh, uh, still platform, economy workers and gig workers being seen as some kind of parallel track, which is kind of a second class citizen in some in some cases, but also being excluded from the things, as you say, being able to take a loan, getting the right uh, insurance, these kind of things. So it's great you're stepping in to be able to fill that uh, fill that void. Yeah, but you know, even I, even I, when I walk into a bank, you know, they don't treat me really good, do they? Hmm. I mean, as a regular person, what can I mean, Glenn? What's what's your relationship to your bank? Well, do you have any? <laughs> no, most of it's online, so there's not there's not a particularly uh, strong physical uh, 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 link to the bank. And uh, I'm one of those weird characters who's actually changed banks. I know this they say you're more likely to uh, die <laughs> to get get divorced and move house before you change bank, but I'm one of the few who have, you know. No, yeah. yeah. Well, when I ask that question, normally it's either I don't have any relationship, uh, they charge me too much, they always say no, and I hate them. They're stiff, <laughs> but, you know, uptight. And those are the, the most common answers. And yeah. Imagine yeah. them, if you're walking in there and you're asking, you need to buy an apartment, so you want a mortgage. Hmm. And then <clears throat> they ask you, so what do you do for a living? And you say, I'm a gig worker. And they're looking at you like something the cat dragged in from the street, and it's like, gig worker. Let's see. So, yeah, 
How do you work then? Do you, you, no, I'm working through a gig platform. A gig platform, you say. Interesting. So are you, why are you here then? Are you a private or are you a business? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there we go. Now you're disqualified. Bye. There's the door. Yeah. You don't fit into the black and white sort of this. This is the box one or box two. Uh, and if you don't fit in either, it's uh, you're just not interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's what we need to change because... If we're going to have this kind of, of um, optimized work uh, environment mm. where we're taking things further and further and mm. people are going to survive actually being gig workers or at least feel supported, then we need to change a lot of things, including, yeah. of course, the authorities' ways of seeing gig working as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I know I'm changing the subject a little bit, but I one of the challenges is, well, one of the challenges are, for instance, um, work environment stuff. Yes. Yeah. Which is a hot subject, I know. And uh, yeah. but also, yeah. tax authorities. How do they see gig working? And and then we just take every authority and we look at the laws, and the laws hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah, they are from the from the fifties or sixties. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a need for getting getting up to speed, making the changes as the sort of the sector evolves, that the rules, policy and regulations also change to accommodate the facts. Yeah. And, and bear in mind, I mean, gig working is the oldest way of working. Hmm. I mean, there were no fixed income, lifelong uh, works before. You worked when there was an opportunity to work or when someone needed help. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the only yeah. thing that happened is that we have digitalized it and optimized it. So yeah. the whole idea of the gig economy is not new. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I and mean, you, you touched upon the issue of work environment there, class, and, that, mm -hmm. and that's really, really interesting. Uh, because you know we're going through a period now uh, in, a, in, a, in a Swedish setting whereby the, the uh, work environment laws and regulations are up for discussion and need to be uh, revised. If you had Eva Nordmark uh, as the, uh, the the Swedish minister in front of you now, what are the sort of the the, the top things you'd be saying that, that they should be looking at? Well, first of all, I think we should put more of the responsibility uh, onto the gigger hmm. um, itself. You know, the gigger, the person, the gigger uh, must know more what they could expect and demand. Yeah. We need to educate the gigger to, to actually raise the, the level of, of, of knowledge and, and also push their, um, their assigner, basically, that, look, yeah. this is not good. This is not good. I know what the law serves. And look, this is no good. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah. Because for us as a gig platform, we're having about 10,000 gig workers in the platform. Should I go and expect every work environment for them? <laughs> yes. I, I yeah. don't even know. Sometimes I don't even know that they are going to be one of my clients until they already performed. They already mm. delivered the, the project and yeah. they're sitting down by the computer sending an invoice. Yeah. So what should I do then? Uh, if I don't, Mike might provide me with a crystal ball that I can rub and see <laughs> that this person in the future, we'll come here an invoice. Let's go inspect the work environment. <laughs> yes. Look, I yeah. mean, it's an impossible, impossible task. And then we have to find together the best way of protecting the gig workers. Yeah. And I think in this case, it is educating the gig workers, educating the assigners, 
And, and you know, the, I, I think the secret sauce is there, not trying to, well, push us into court to, yeah. to test us or, or I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand the, mm. the, the idea behind that. Yeah, because the, 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 the message is out there. We want to collaborate. We want to co-create. We want to build the, the future together so that people are uh, protected, but also that we're reasonable uh, and rational about how we take responsibility. Uh, but let's be realistic about what can be done and what can't be done. So it sounds like a very clear uh, and very sensible approach, actually, class. Yeah, but that approach, I mean, look at the tax authority. I just love them. I mean, I, I never thought I was going to say that, that I love the tax authority. <laughs> but they have they've really got it. I mean, yeah. in the in the discussions with them, they are saying, okay, yeah, we understand you're making black money, white money, because they yeah. use the platform, because it's easy mm. to work in a legal way now. What yeah. can we yeah. do to help you? Right. And they're asking the question, do you need an API for root and root? And, you know, stuff like that. They're actually yeah. communicating and trying to co-create. And they're, you know, stretching out their arms and embracing us and saying, we understand the gig economy is, is here to stay. Yeah. So what can we do yeah. together? Yeah. And that Excellent. is the approach. Yeah. Not, yeah. not pushing me and say, hey, you're going to pay penalties. And then I have to bring in lawyers and spend hours in court. And, you know, mm. That, mm. I think that is the wrong approach. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Because at the end of the day, as you say, this is something that's here. It's here to stay. The, 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 the genie is well and truly out of the bottle. Uh, and this is really part of the uh, uh, solution rather than the problem on an economic level. It's a social level, but also a cultural level as well. So there's so many uh, boxes that are ticked. Uh, it would be kind of crazy to ignore this or even worse, trying to kill it off, class. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's an excellent opportunity to lower the thresholds to get people into labor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not use this thing that it's a controlled environment through our platform or through yeah. me, well, yeah. my and my competitors' platforms mm. to find a way of collaborating to, for instance, get the young people into work where they have no references from before. Yep. It's not that much of a, a risk for me to get someone to work a few weeks on 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 an invoice instead of hire them permanently. Yes. It's yeah. the same thing with the immigration situation. Of course, yeah. I mean, I would like to take references on, on people. And Sweden is a small country, so there's always someone knowing someone that knows mm. this guy or girl, you know? And <clears throat> with the gig economy and with this kind of platforms, it's so much easier because even if I, in my, in my ads looking for someone, I want 10 out of 10 of the requirements. Yep. And that is just because I would like to feel very safe with the fact that I'm going to hire someone permanently. Mm. I, might, I might say, yeah, well, seven out of 10 is good enough. Let the person come and try. And it, it's an ambitious, mm. a very ambitious person. They will learn. Okay, yeah. come in here. Yeah. And I, we should use the strength instead yeah. of trying to block it mm. because then it's counterproductive. I mean, Dear unions, I do understand that you would like to protect the people, but also help them to get jobs. Yeah. And let's co-create the protection because I have no problem whatsoever when anyone signs up on my platform to have like, would you like to, to join one of those five unions? Tick yep. this box. I do it every day of the week because I care for my gig workers. Mm. I do. That's why yeah. I'm creating all those 
almost um, fixed job um, perks around my platform as well. Yeah. So I, I would invite them, but you know, they're making it a little bit tough. Yeah. No, that's it. And, and I think you, you've really onto a very strong point there. The fact that um, allowing people into the world of work as well, migrants, young people, because we've seen lots of uh, um, government schemes by Abbas Merlingen, sort of the, uh, the, the, uh, the work employment service, uh, very expensive, and they've delivered very, very little. So Surely this is an open goal as well by utilizing the platform economy and gig economy as a way to uh, try and a way to increase employment. I mean, today they give 100% employment support. So you can, you can get a worker today that you hire for six to 12 months completely free, and yet it doesn't work. Yeah. I, my, yeah. my suggestion is this. Okay, why don't you take the same person, you offer them as a gig worker and you discount the invoice 50%. Right. Yeah. yeah, you eliminate the risk and you just lower the thresholds. And I'm sure that it will work so much better than the way we're doing it today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so with that said, I invite Arvis Merlin, I invite anyone to come and talk to me and find a way of doing this because I'm up for it. Yeah. I would add resources. I will add our resources. I will do whatever it takes because it's a very important thing for us as a mm. country to get the wheel spinning again, especially after the pandemic. And especially with the, the uh, unemployment immigrant situation that we are facing right now. So yeah, I'm here with open arms. Excellent. This is an invite. Well, that, well, that's it. That's a clear uh, message being put out there, uh, class. Philosophy and a call to action there. Thank you very much indeed for your time, class. And look forward to the next opportunity when we can speak again. Thank you very much for this. Take care.